By watching or listening to this show, you are acknowledging that you are of legal age to purchase and consume cannabis in your region. This production is for adults only. Welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, part of the Cannabis Life Experience, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Join us on this journey and adventure with the wonderful plant. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to episode 92, hour one of the Cannabis 101 podcast. My name is Dean Millard and it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. Uh, that's what I was doing last week, took a bit of a break, uh, some time off uh, from some of the shows that I do, this one in particular, uh, and uh, it, it was strange. I, I felt very lazy on uh, Mondays and Tuesdays, which is when I record these episodes, but it's great to be back and it's great to have uh, Malcolm LaBelle back on the show as uh, I hadn't talked to her for a couple of weeks. Uh, so David Wiley will join us as well. We'll get into all of that in a couple of seconds, but we start things off on this show a little bit different uh, than maybe some of the other shows that you're used to, and that's by finding out what's your groove. <laughs> in your pipe and smoke it. Can you dig it? Kind of grabs you by the boo-boo, don't it? Quite a great long and a blitz. This is great. This is the bee's knees. So when I say what's your groove, what I'm asking is, while you're listening to this podcast, what is it that you're grooving with if you are? Do you have some CBD just to relax? Do you got a, a one a balanced cultivar? Uh, do you got a joint, a bong, uh, some edibles, anything that you have going while you're listening to this show? I would love to hear about it. I'll tell you how you can get in touch with us in just a little bit. I am grooving with uh, some lava cake from uh, Delta 9. Um, if you've never heard of them or seen them, that's what the uh, logo looks like. Uh, I absolutely love this. Mine actually just went out while I was uh, while I was talking. Must have been a bad roll job. Well, I don't even roll. I just pack them uh, as cones because I, I can't roll. So anyway, uh, I've got some lava cake. So it's Thin Mint Girl Scout cookies crossed with grape pie, and there is beautiful colors in this cultivar. The dominant terpene is caryophylline, which is one of my favorites. This is uh, one of the cultivars. Uh, it's a go-to for me to help with my anxiety. Everybody's different. Not saying it's going to help uh, you if you uh, are on the same journey uh, with uh, mental health, but it does for me, so... And as I mentioned, I absolutely love the colors in this one. So that's what uh, I'm grooving with. As mentioned, I would love to hear from you 
and we'll let you know how you can get in touch with us as we roll along throughout the program. Here's what's coming down the hash pipe on this episode. David Wiley from the OZ will join us as usual for this week in cannabis news. We're talking about Farmgate being able to buy from LPs in Canada. It's coming. In some places, it's already there. Uh, what's not coming is uh, the, uh, the, the the rules and the inclusion for First Nations when it comes to cannabis. Uh, it was called a hot potato recently in the B.C. government. Mother's Day is very fast approaching. We'll tell you about some uh, great THC gifts to give to mom. How cool is it that we get to do that now? And I don't can't believe we have to say this, but don't snort weed. Uh, a terrible idea uh, that we'll tell you about a little bit later on on this week in cannabis news. Malcolm LaBelle from the Green Generation Co., as mentioned, is back with us. Uh, very excited to chat with her. You know, we talk a lot about stigma. Now, there's stigma when it comes to uh, pot stocks as well. Uh, we'll tell you about change makers and what it means to be green. Our cannabis question is about a bucket list. Our cannabis character is from training day. And weed words of the day will be about effects and as well about uh, the plant. So let's get going right now with the cannabis question. It's prize time. Chime in on the cannabis question. Okay. And you could win a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. Pipe and a grape, bong and a blint. Hit us up on any of our social media feeds or email us at Cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Okay, here we go. So the cannabis question is, where is your bucket list place to get high? Where's that one place you would love to get high at? I do this uh, with uh, most of our guests who have a cannabis history. It's one of the questions I ask them. For me, I and and this might uh, this might be picking back on somebody else's answer as well, but I would love to get high in a private plane. A, because it would be mean I would be traveling in a private plane and either I'm really rich or have a really rich friend. But I would love to smoke a giant like Canagar or Blunt, you know, hit the bong, get uh, some vapes going, anything. I just love to get high, but especially I would love to be able to smoke a joint in a private plane. That is my bucket list. So I'd love to hear from you, first of all, what you're grooving with and the answer to the cannabis question. We have... An amazing prize package all this month, courtesy of PAX. Uh, we've got the one thing I'll tell you, I don't want to spoil all the surprise, but the one really cool thing is you're going to get a Cannabis 101 podcast engraved PAX era. Big thanks to Jenna uh, as well to Sean at PAX for uh, helping us get these prize packs together. So, for chiming in on anything during the show, whether that's what's your groove, the cannabis question, or anything that we're doing, you are going to be entered in to win one of these. We're going to have one every show in May, and really, really excited about that. So your chance to win a Cannabis 101 podcast engraved PAX era just for chiming in. So how do you do that? Well, if you're watching, you can see them on the screen. If you're listening and you want to check out the video of the show, Head to our YouTube channel, Cannabis 101 Podcast. So you can get us on Twitter at the Cannabis 101, 
Facebook and Instagram, both at the Cannabis 101 Podcast. And you can email me, Cannabis101Podcast at gmail.com. You can stay anonymous, just let me know, and you could still win the prize pack. So chime in to win a PAX Era Engraved Cannabis 101 Podcast. A very cool vape, plus a few other cool things that I don't want to spoil. I want it to be a bit of a surprise. And, you know, big thanks to PAX for helping us out with that. We have great partners on this show. The, uh, the OZ, the Green Generation Co., they're always on this program, always supporting. And then it's great to have other uh, different companies and different people throughout the industry uh, chime in, help us out, and uh, support this show and give to you and reward you uh, for listening and being a part of the program. What's happening? We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News. I always love talking about the beautiful plant with my good friend David Wiley from the OZ. Check out the website, OkanaganZ.com, and uh, they are on Twitter as well, at OkanaganZ. And uh, I took a bit of a break last week, my post-420 break, I called it, as the run-up was so crazy. So, uh, I, but, uh, but strangely, I did uh, have this feeling of loneliness uh, when we're supposed to talk. So great to <laughs> chat with you once again, David. And um, hopefully uh, you had a great uh, post uh, 420 as well. And, you know, th- this first story that we're going to talk about is something that I can't wait for it to happen all over the country because, you know, you and I have talked about cannabis tourism. Farmgate is kind of where a lot of cannabis tourism can start. And, and you would know this better than most people living in a part of our country that has made its living on Farmgate. And I'm talking about the wine industry. Absolutely. It's a per- such a perfect comparison. And not just here in the Okanagan. I mean, Ontario has got its wine industry and uh, other provinces have their own types of, um, you know, customers able to come to uh to the farm or wherever something is produced and it's just such a perfect idea especially when it comes to cannabis um so farmgate cannabis has been officially planted in ontario and uh Mm. you know it is poised to spread thrive cannabis has opened ontario's first one on its 184 acre farm in simcoe ontario Uh, they've used three shipping containers to create a cannabis retail store on their farm and basically, Farmgate, if you're unfamiliar, involves taking, uh, you know, any product, whether it's a wine or whether it's cannabis, from seed to sale, all in one site. Um, you, these kinds of sales are allowed in Saskatchewan, uh, but there are no current uh, retail stores located at production sites there. Uh, my home province, BC, meanwhile, we're on track for a launch in 2022. Um, and that's when we're going to start seeing these things pop up. You know, the, the wine industry here in the Okanagan has really grown up around people being able to visit and tour where wine is made. It's allowed for a lot of education and opportunity to taste the difference that a terroir or method can make in the different wines. And, and you know, cannabis is going to have that same idea. You're going to have uh, growers given the opportunity to show consumers how the cannabis is grown, where it comes from, uh, their own different methods to, uh, you know, to bring it into production and different ways. You're going to get the chance to meet the master grower, just like you would a winemaker. Uh, And it's such a cool idea. It it gets people out to the out to the farm. 
you know, out to the retail stores to meet the people that are involved. It, it builds relationships. It builds trust, uh, brand recognition. And uh, so all around, I think it's a winner. It's a winner for cannabis companies and it's a winner also for consumers. I think it's just, it's so good. Uh, a great way to really kickstart cannabis tourism. Um, you know, I, I've been to uh, your area, not since we've met or else I would have came and we would have smoked a joint together. But, you know, the times I've gone to oh, yeah. that, that Okanagan wine area, you know, there's lots of places. You can jump on a bus that's going to go to winery to winery to winery if you want to sample a little bit. Uh, and you don't have to drive. And I can see the same thing happening for cannabis because, you know, and, and not that you can consume, I don't believe yet, on, on the grounds of a cannabis space like you can taste the wine. But we don't want anybody going uh, cannabis to cannabis to cannabis and, and getting in their car and then smoking a joint. So you can get on a bus and go on those tours. And the other thing that it is, David, is it's you kind of alluded to it. It's transparency. It's showing people that this isn't, uh, a meth lab, like my, some people might not know the difference between a meth lab and a cannabis growing operation. You're going to find out that cannabis isn't all one color or all one smell. You're going to find out how they cure it, how they hang dry it, all these different things, maybe how they trim it. You know, there's so many things that people have no idea about the cannabis plant. And this is going to do a lot to end the stigma because it's going to provide people with education. They can learn a little bit about terpenes on, on these tours and different things. There, this is such a huge opportunity that our country needs to grasp right now. So we can attract. I've said this for a long time. We can be the legal Amsterdam. You know, Canada, you know, can be known as a place to go and legally explore and, and, and have fun with your recreational cannabis. This is a win-win on every single level. I can't really think of anything negative, you know, other than, you know, I, I'm sure people would be worried about consumption and, and driving. And, and that's why you have these, you'll, you'll start having these cannabis tours where, you know, they go to a retail store, maybe they go to an LP, maybe they go to a lounge when we have those uh, it's just win 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 all the way around i think yeah i mean we already have those kinds of things here in the okanagan there are a few different companies that offer cannabis tours um some of them actually you know they they do a purpose so you've got a company that offers a cannabis tour uh, and also a winery tour so there's a lot of experience in doing that out here and uh, the timing really is amazing because, you know, vac vaccines are starting to roll out. Uh, COVID, uh, fingers crossed, is going, to, uh, is going to start to shrink away into the background over the next year. And, uh, and boom, Farmgate Cannabis. I can't wait for it and I can't wait for you to come out here so we can smoke that joint together. Yeah, indeed. Uh, I'm getting that travel itch. Uh, to, you know, to, you know, to stay within our borders and just explore more of, uh, of, of Canada, but just to be able to, just to be able to get out of my city a little bit. All right. Uh, th this next <laughs> yeah. story that we we've chatted about, we've kind of looked at it from, from both sides. We looked at it from, um, you know, the first nation side where they've tried to get meetings with government. And, you know, we also looked at it from the legal retail side who are saying, you know, why are these gray area illegal um, quote unquote uh, retail stores being allowed to be open in BC and and now the term hot potato is coming out when it comes to uh, cannabis and that sort of gray area that we've talked about and this is kind of an, an, an interesting story that uh, you were able to put together uh, on your website and you were able to actually see how long this has been an issue through a chain of emails Oh, cannabis uh, and First Nations is one of the most challenging 
and controversial issues right now in the industry. And, uh, you know, it does go back and forth. We've got uh, un unlicensed cannabis stores on Indigenous land. I'm talking about, you know, their their uh, inherent right to be part of the industry um, without that kind of government licensing process. And then you've got licensed stores that are uh, having all kinds of challenges and competing against uh, stores that don't play by the same rules. And no one has come out with clear words on uh, what they plan to do with these unlicensed shops uh, until now. I mean, the strongest words that I've heard yet on these stories have come from a top BC Liberal critic. Uh, and uh, Mike Morris, he's the MLA for Prince George Mackenzie. Uh, he is the provincial critic for public safety and solicitor general. He says that the BC NDP government here should be ashamed for allowing unlicensed dispensaries to freely compete with licensed cannabis retailers. Uh, Morris told me in an interview that he would make sure that the law was enforced. He said that if they had illegal cannabis stores operating and the BC Liberals were in government, that they would be shutting them down, that there, there's no tolerance for unlawful activity in any respect once it's been brought to your attention, and they would be doing a strict enforcement regime. Now, cannabis retailers, the licensed ones, have been pressuring the BCNDP to apply cannabis laws equally on First Nations lands for a while now. And yet we've received a chain of emails dating back, you know, over a year ago now that shows that retailers have been trying to work with officials and communicating their concerns with the RCMP's Community Safety Unit and the BC Liquor Cannabis Regulation Branch about these unlicensed stores. We've talked about this, that they basically feel like they're being bounced back and forth. The government's deferring to the RCMP and the RCMP is deferring to the government and no one is claiming responsibility. Well, Morris says that the laws of general application, uh, in this case, those are those laws of general application are applicable to First Nations reserves, in his opinion. Uh, but it's the Solicitor General, the current one, Mike Farnworth, who is uh, setting the tone. And Morris says that this is basically a hot potato. The BCNDP is tossing it from one person to, to another, hoping that it's gonna cool down and somebody's going to run with it. Uh, that doesn't seem to be the case right now. Uh, I personally think that it's going to take a court ruling before anything is done. Um, you know, there, there's so much gray area when it comes to this and uh, nobody seems to have the right uh, balance of solution right now. You know, it's either let them operate as freely as they can or shut them down. Um, you know, the, the, the middle ground is unfortunately uh, non-existent right now. And, uh, and uh, you know, I don't know what the solution is. I don't think anyone really does. Um, but we know where the BC Liberals stand right now, and that's that they will not tolerate it. Well, and listen, they, they should not be. I mean, this is a situation we've talked about in the past where, you know, Indigenous leaders couldn't even get a meeting with the provincial government. So while mm -hmm. Mike Morris is saying all these illegal shops should be shut down, I agree with that. But what is legal and what is illegal on Indigenous land is very much a gray area. So while mm -hmm. the, the, the legal retail outlets should be upset... The indigenous rights of people also have to be looked at and saying, 
are, you know, are, are, are we just in shutting these down or do we have to, you know, first of all, a conversation has to happen. So he is right on one thing. The government should be ashamed for how they've just passed the buck on this. And no, it's not my problem. It's not my problem. It's not my problem. You know what happens when that happens is things crumble. Somebody has to stand up and say, this is stupid. Let's get this figured out instead of just passing the buck. So people have a right to be angry on the retail side of legal retail shops and also people on indigenous land have a right to be upset because they were never consulted they were never uh checked in on and and their 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 um i i guess their questions have gone unanswered so this is an absolute gong show it's i've spoken to a few people about this since the stories come out and you know really the consensus is that it's easy to say something like this when you're a critic when you're not in government Mm -hmm. uh, because there's no expectation that you're going to take action and we're still a while away from an election here in BC. So, uh, you know, hopefully over the next couple of years, we can uh, start to work through some of these issues and, uh, and definitely, you, you know, there's a strong feeling in BC that we want indigenous cannabis stores. We want indigenous run licensed producers. That's, there's a hunger for that. So it's a question of how we start to, to, you know, bring, bring in indigenous people into the framework that we have one way or another, uh, how do we get them involved? Um, you know, and like you said, the first step here is some real consultation. Yeah. It's, it's just silly. Uh, all right. This next story is silly in a good way. And, uh, you know, since uh, <laughs> October of 2018, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Christmas, Valentine's, every holiday that you need to buy a present for somebody in your life has changed because now you can legally buy them something with THC. And you and I have talked about it in the past. Martha Stewart uh, getting involved in cannabis, uh, you know, albeit in the U.S. because you can't have celebrity endorsement in Canada, is changing the way mothers, grandmothers, aunts, uncle, you know, everybody looks at cannabis. And now you can say, hey, mom, try this blank with THC or CBD. But the point is Mother's Day is a great time to introduce, uh, you know, the most important person or I guess one of the two most important people for, for all of us being here, right? So, um, you know, I wish my mom was still around so I could say try this joint because uh, I think as as legalization would have happened, I think she would have uh, come around to it. But it's just a great thing for people out there this Mother's Day to say, hey, mom, I really appreciate you. Let's get high together. <laughs> and cannabis is inherently feminine. It's the female yes. plant that gives us the good stuff. Uh you know, my mom's similar. I, I went through my teenage years uh, with some <laughs> angry looks from my mother as I came home with that distinctive cannabis smell on me. Uh, but, you know, she has come around. Certainly, I'm part of the cannabis industry now. So she's, uh, you know, we have a lot of great conversations and she's been very open to it. And rather than flowers this Mother's Day, hey, why not give your mom flower or at least something made from it? I I have a few suggestions, uh, you know, right now, especially with some of the new products that are coming out on the legal market, bath bombs uh, are such a perfect way to introduce someone like my mom, you know, your old school mom to the health and wellness side of cannabis. And uh, for people who are new to it or somewhat leery of it, giving someone something that's familiar is a really great way to take the edge off. 
Uh, you can look at things also like topical products, uh, especially those that are containing uh, mostly CBD are a really great place to start for someone that's not overly experienced in it. And hey, it's also a bit of a novelty, these kinds of gifts. Um, vaporizers are a great idea as well, especially for um, people who don't want to necessarily deal with that skunky smell of a joint. They're discreet, they're easy to use, they're a different experience than smoking, and they often have um, different flavor profiles, floral or herbal tastes. Uh, and you know, there's also a lot of delightful edibles currently on the market, drinks, gummies, chocolates. There's bound to be something that you can find that your mom would enjoy. And uh, some of them, especially the little chocolate bars, are perfect to stuff into a Mother's Day card. Um, and it's coming up May 9th, by the way. So make sure that you don't forget. It's If you're getting something in the mail, you live in a different city from your mom, now's the time to drop the card in the mail, which is a reminder for myself because I haven't <laughs> done that yet. So, uh, so mom, it's in the mail. I promise. Today, it's in the mail. You um, know, And you know what? One more great idea, too, because it just occurs to me that my mom particularly is a green thumb. Uh, and I think a great little gift might be, how about some cannabis seeds? It'd be fun to plant and try to grow. And, you know, if you live close enough to your to your mom, maybe you could grow them together. You know, and, and for some people, you know, they, they, they might grow cannabis and never actually use it. They just like the smell, the mm -hmm. look, uh, the different things that it gives off. So that's actually a really good idea. And, you know, I, I think a great way to, to get, um, you know, whether it's your mom or your grandma or your aunt, whoever you're celebrating Mother's Day with or, or just life in general is, you know, get some capsules. You know, a, a lot of people have trouble sleeping. Mm -hmm. Get some capsules with some, you know, small amount of THC. Uh, you know, get them trying that, realizing, wow, my sleep is great, and I don't feel wake up groggy like some sleeping pills can kind of make you. And then you can kind of progress from there. But, you know, if you have that green thumb, mom, that's great. Give them some seeds. <laughs> let them go to work with that plant. And, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe they come around and say, I wonder what this would be like. Uh, and, and, you know, get them involved. And at the very least, maybe they just grow a kick-ass plant that you can go and uh, get some buds off of or something like yeah. that. So <laughs> I absolutely love that. Uh, what I don't love is our uh, our final story that we're going to talk about. I don't get this. I don't understand why anybody would do this sort of thing. But don't snort your cannabis, really. That's that's the message. Well, this this is a little something that started spreading like wildfire over the weekend. And maybe you've seen the picture of uh, what's being called cannabumps. And really, yeah, that's the question. Would you snort cannabis? Uh, don't know if this product is real. It actually appears to be either a scam uh, or a joke rather than a real product. You know, however, it has sparked quite a conversation around mm -hmm. where to draw the line, so to speak, when it comes to cannabis delivery methods. You know, the, the name Cannabumps, in case you haven't gotten it yet, is actually a play on taking a small sniff of cocaine, aka a bump. And the product description says, have some fun with your cannabis, with our unique cannabis concentrate. Cannabumps are just what they sound like. Cannabis concentrate designed to be consumed through the nose, uh, ingested directly or added to your favorite foods. So I guess you don't necessarily have to sniff it. Um, you know, they, they appeared late last week on Leafly and Weed Maps. It's since been removed from both sites. This appears to come from the U.S. Most certainly, it doesn't look like it's uh, regulated. And uh, the product description from Cannabum says that it's designed to allow THC molecules to transfer directly into the blood circulation through the nasal cavity. 
you know, the cannabis community here has reacted with a mixture of mockery and derision, uh, maybe a little bit of curiosity. You know, some some people have gone so far basically saying that this is glorifying cocaine uh, meth culture. Um, you know, others are joking to save your money and grab some can of heroin. It's uh, it's just just weird. You know, I, I agree with one commenter that says that this this truly does feel like ammunition for those who would want to keep cannabis controlled here in Canada. We've crossed that line already. So, you know, something like this appearing on the market wouldn't change that. But there are a lot of other countries uh, and states in the U.S. that haven't legalized cannabis. And, you know, something like this uh, does seem like it might become some form of ammunition for the anti-drug side. There's no way this would be accepted in Canada with the, the amount of regulations we have. Like uh, I, this quote that, that we have up on the screen is perfect. Uh, this is from the story from internationalhighlife.com. We think that this is uh, for sure a shitty way to promote cannabis products. It is because all it's doing is like they're just glorifying cocaine. You're 100%. It says on here a pleasant drip and no bitterness. Um, you know, I, I've unfortunately had friends that have, uh, you know, had problems with cocaine and they talk about th that drip after you have it. This is glorifying cocaine. All this is doing is giving cannabis a negative stigma again. This is an absolute joke. And whoever came up with this should be ashamed uh, for this because this is unfortunately going to make cannabis look bad. People remember the bad more than they remember the good. And, uh, yeah, I, I have n no nothing more to say on this other than this is an absolute joke. Whoever's behind this, um, you know, I... I, I I, I think that's just is, this is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen uh, when it when it comes to something like this because you're all you're doing is trying to tell people basically to you, you're you're glorifying cocaine. I don't know how else to say it. You know, there are so many different uh, cool and interesting ways to partake in cannabis. This just seems ridiculous. Indeed. Um, anyway, uh, don't snort weed. That's the thing. You can smoke it. You can vape <laughs> it. You can eat it. You can drink it. There's so many ways that you can use the beautiful plant without making it look like you're doing a bump or snorting cocaine. So, so many I think you ways. need to make a T-shirt that says "Don't snort weed." I, I would so, buy yeah. that. I think we'll get on, we'll get the marketing department on that uh, for uh, sure. People can find you at okanaganz.com. Great way to get all your cannabis news. The newsletter comes out Friday. You guys got the podcast. All that information can be found there and follow them on Twitter at okanaganz. Thanks as always, David. We'll chat next week. Talk to you then. stuff uh, from the artist sorry about your dog that's the weed song 
Uh, we'll hear the marijuana song a little bit later to close out the show. And I want to tell you that we will be on location whenever the Cannabis and Hemp Expo does take place. This has been unfortunately postponed a few times. You can find more information at CannabisHempExpo.com. And as you know, whenever we're allowed to gather in mass again, uh, among everybody, we'll be there broadcasting episodes. Maybe we'll be wearing masks. Who knows? But check it out, CannabisHempExpo.com. We will have some free tickets to give away leading up to this show. So make sure you check it out. Uh, When we do have this, uh, please come on down, say hello and uh, be a part of an upcoming episode. You got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. (laughs) It'd be a lot cooler if you did. Time now for Cannabis Characters. Dopest dope I've ever smoked. Celebrating the best from fictional 420 film. Hey, I am your stoner. (laughs) And beyond. All right, so cannabis characters, we like to celebrate, um, you know, the best, the brightest, the uh, the funniest at times uh, from our uh, fam- favorite uh, different uh, cannabis movies. And, you know, a lot of the times uh, we're doing uh, some of the funniest characters out there. So today, a little bit more of a serious character uh, when it comes to uh, the cannabis character. Uh, going with Jake Hoyt played by Ethan Hawke in the movie Training Day, of course, also starring Denzel Washington. And this is a uh, pretty intense scene between both of them. A good narcotics agent should have narcotics in his blood. (laughs) What, are you going to smoke that? Nope, you are. (laughs) Hell if I am. Yeah. Yeah. You not? No. Why, you're Mormon or something? You're Jesus freak? No, nah, man, I'm not losing my job. This is your job. I can't do that. Smoke it. Huh. This ain't a test. Just take a hit. Take a nah, hit. Man, listen, I became a cop to stop people. Yeah, yeah, blah, 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 blah. It's not a review board and it ain't cocaine. Take a hit. No, man. Jesus Christ. Yeah, right. If I was a dealer, you'd be dead by now. He turns shit down on the street, and the chief brings your wife a crisply folded flag. Give me that thing. I'll smoke it, man. Give it to me. You want me to smoke it? I'll smoke it. There you go. Middle of the street. Uh, that movie gets absolutely crazy. But uh, Denzel forcing uh, Ethan Hawke playing uh, Jake Hoyt in training day to get high in the middle of an intersection. And that today is our cannabis character. is the business of cannabis a joint venture between the green generation co and the cannabis 101 podcast bringing you the latest bud biz buzz
Diving into the latest Bud Biz Buzz with Malka LaBelle from the Green Generation Co. You can find online how Malka can help you at www.greengencompany.com. And uh, it's been a bit since we were able to chat, Malka. I know you were a little bit under the weather uh, last uh, last time I had a show, and then I took uh, a week off as a bit of a vacation. So hopefully things have gotten a lot better for you, and it's good to see you again. Thanks, Dean. Yeah, I got my vaccine. That was exciting. Uh, definitely had some side effects from that, but I'm glad that's over, hopefully. So, yeah, I'm glad to be sort of back to our usual routine, hopefully. That's right. Yeah, I've, I've had my first vaccine. My wife got her first one today as well. So uh, I'm waiting for her to start feeling the... For me, it felt like it was a giant Charlie horse in the, uh, in the oh, side yeah. of my arm. And then, you know, a few other things uh, that take place uh, uh, from that. But let's get into uh, what we are here to talk about today. And that is the beautiful plant. And, and a lot of the mm-hmm. times, Melka, you and I, what we're trying to do is we're trying to bust down the doors uh, that stigma puts up in front of just the word cannabis, as we've discussed in the past. And, you know, there's a lot of stigma in, you know, there's stigma from smoking a joint. There's stigma from selling a joint. There's stigma for growing a joint. And, and now you're telling me that the stigma lingers well beyond the stock market headline. Yeah. So, I mean, we've talked about before about like the meaning behind stigma being really as an individual person's belief about their collective understanding in time. So the word stigma sort of, again, has all of these meanings and connotation around it. But what I wanted to do was dispel some of the the myths around what's happening in the public uh, publicly traded stocks um, information, because, again, the headlines are looking really rosy and optimistic. But I want to just give a little shot of reality to some people that are watching and that, you know, care about some of the distance or it's called cognitive dissonance between what you're seeing in the headlines versus what that actually means um, at the ground level in the cannabis sector. So that's what this is about. I was uh, reviewing an article that I had a regular subscribed to several different publications, both in Canada and the U.S., around the cannabis industry. This is one I particularly check around uh, often and noted that they had, had sort of given this very rosy outlook, but sort of with some caution. So this is what I want to clear up. So this uh, group um, that's giving this understanding about what's happening, they're, they're saying that the U.S. investment analysts, so those are the people that you know watch stock investing, investments around all things, not just cannabis, reporting that the stigma of investing in the cannabis industry has worn off. And I'm saying... Not necessarily quite yet, and here's why. So experts, and I don't know who those experts are, that's a general statement on the article, experts are predicting a flood of capital coming into the sector, particularly among MSOs or multi-state operators in the U.S. So this is a prediction, so not truth, but prediction, that companies are going to be receiving investment capital or there's more investment capital, particularly to states, so this is U.S.-operated multi-state operators. So what that means is they have cannabis operations in more than one state, but they cannot go between states. So those are the laws right now in the U.S. is that different states have legalization or medical legalization, but federally it's not legal, which means that cannabis cannot cross state lines, and which in Canada can. So it crosses between provinces, provinces and 
and uh, the federal government uh, oversees uh, federal regulations, but the provincial regula regulations are around, you know, distributing it and getting into the hands of people. So what I'm using here is an analogy about over the long term, you got to pick the right horses. So this was actually their um, analogies with the horse racing. And I'm going to go a little bit further to say, keep your keep track. You got to keep track of your, your best horses with binoculars as they round the track. So that's the mm. quarters and the quarter, the corners relating to the quarters or the quarterly earnings. Quarterly earnings is a way that publicly traded companies keep track of what's going on in a company. Um, right now, quarterly earnings would not make any sense for cannabis companies because they don't have enough quarters or operations to really report earnings yet. Um, so their earnings are going to be speculative at best or not consistent yet anyways. So in the sector, there's still quite a lot of growth to be had, which means that there's a lot of room for horses to move in this sec in this race. It's very, very early, just out of the gate. Um, so I agree with that. And then the other piece is that it's very risky. So as like horse racing, there's a lot of room for error, which means that something little happens, it could mean like not just a horse coming down, but the entire fleet that's on the field. So that's how dangerous this is. That's how early and speculative it is still, particularly whenever in regards to the U.S. stocks, because it is not federally legal in the in Canada in the U.S. to sell or produce cannabis at a federal uh, level, only within states. So some companies are planning or speculating that it's going to be federally legal at some point in the unknown future, and so that's what the interest around investment is, is that they're, these are horse racing getting in before the horse race has started is essentially what the analogy is, is that they're not even at the gate yet. They're not even able to do much yet, but they're getting ready to invest in an early stage of a startup industry. And why this is incredibly speculative is that it's incredibly risky with your money. So you'll see a lot of volatility that those courses rounding the track are going to be falling off the track and hitting each other and going farther and faster <laughs> and backing off and fall, you know, all of these things could happen. And with zero certainty, certainty, I'm going to say like literally zero certainty, which means that you have to be prepared for volatility in your in your stocks and what you're investing in. And and really, they're saying that it isn't tied to market success or failure, but more to merger and acquisition or M&A activity. So we've talked about this before, about how there's a lot of this nonsensical M&A activity, which means that M&A activity is happening and nobody really understands how it even makes sense from a financial standpoint, let alone the business standpoint. There's just It just does not make a lot of sense. <laughs> and there's also a lot of policy changes and headline grabbing investments, which means that people are writing press releases around something that they plan to essentially will take take change on the stock market but nothing in the company is actually doing that it's like it's like it's not consistent the things that are happening inside the company is not consistent with what's being reported which is what is affecting the change on the stock market so i use this analogy here it looks like the cash out total of a casino but no one's checking to see what the drink tabs are <laughs> which means that you would miss the fact that the casino is empty nobody's there nobody's playing the games and essentially, they're just looking at the bottom line to determine what's going on in the industry. So that's that's really the situation here is that these companies are just getting started. Some of them don't even have operations yet or operations in the regions in which they have speculated they're going to get into. And therefore, the laws are not in, on their side. They haven't even been written in some cases. And you're really talking about a very volatile early stage um, investment area, but that's being played out in the public sphere. 
So typically with startup industries, like I'm going to even talking back to Facebook days, in the first 10 years that Facebook existed, nobody was watching their financial statements or really had any idea what they were doing until they really went public to raise money. So this is a comparison is that we're in a highly regulated, not yet legal industry in some cases, yet people are still making horse racing bets and betting the farm. So it's just something you just got to be super you know, knowledgeable before you put in all your money and prepare to lose it all. Like if you aren't prepared to lose all of your chips and all of your horses, then it is, you are not strong enough to invest in the cannabis industry. And this is the kind of a, analogy that I give a lot of people, because if you blink, your horse could be off the track and, and you're like, what happened? I thought I, you know, so this is the kind of thing is that people don't realize how volatile it is and how early it is. And if they're not operating and really producing regular financial statements because they're actually making anything, then it's a good sign that they're not necessarily, there's really no knowledge of what the future will hold. It's too early. So I really caution people from looking at earnings, EBITDA. EBITDA is a sign of cash flow. It means that they're making money and selling things on a regular basis. If you don't have regular EBITDA, it means that you're not operating. So that's essentially, you're not operating effectively. And that's where we're at. We're still at those early days. So just be careful is this is a cautionary tale is don't put your, all your money in the horses yet. Uh, and you're just, it's just too early to know what's going to happen. Well, and from, from my standpoint, I, I've actually called horse racing before in my, in my sports life. It is incredibly hard, but really a lot of fun because you can make a lot of puns about the ridiculous horse names. But, you know, just like <laughs> when you're, when you're trying to predict who's going to win a horse race, You've got to be, you know, you, you don't put all your money on, on, on one horse or you shouldn't. When you're calling a horse race, you got to get the information. you got to give out the correct information so people know what's actually happening in, in, in the horse race. And, and unfortunately, there's a lot of misinformation out there because this industry is still so new. And there's a lot of people that don't understand it. So they're giving out and, and maybe somebody has given them, them that information and they're putting it forward. So you got to be able to weed through the misinformation. So it'd be like if I was calling a horse race and then just started making up names that aren't actually in that horse race, that's not giving the yeah. right information to the people that need it. I like to harken. That's an excellent analogy, um, um, Dean, because you know what? The, what the, a lot of people in the U.S. extrapolate the Canada is something similar. It's kind of mm -hmm. like a, like Canada's the greyhound race, like greyhound dogs, right, right. and the U.S. is the horse race. And that's a good analogy from size and scope. But they're not the they're not even the same track. Like they're not even. So that's what I mean is that that's how off betting it is. It is you you have to have a strong stomach, a a good amount of intel, and good knowledge to make really make any any kind of uh, semblance of your of your bet it is full-on gambling at this point and the people that are literally gambling away as the people that are trying to work in this industry with all of the dynamics around them the least of them is the is the public market you know catastrophes on a daily basis it seems so just you got to have a tight stomach and you got to be able to hold on for a long time but that's what we're doing we're conveying that information we're calling the horse race or the dog whatever you want to call it at this point but that's what we love is that we're here in real time but with really good information from the front line uh, from the front lines and that's what's important about this kind of show is that we need to convey that to the consumers
Well, I'll take it one step further. You got, you know, maybe a horse race in the United States. You got greyhounds in Canada. And then you got mm-hmm. the illegal market. And that's what, like, Brad Pitt and those guys were doing in the movie Snatch, where their dogs were chasing live rabbits. So that's the right. legacy market. Say, like, is a, or yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like something like that. That's a whole different uh, analogy. Okay. So before we get into any more stuff, let's get to game changers uh, or change makers, rather. But they are sometimes game changers. But who's the change maker this week? So Kim S or Kim Sarson. So this is a lovely woman here in Calgary. She was one of the first women that I met in the cannabis industry that had way more knowledge about the plant than I did from a working like medicinal perspective. And she's, I would say one of my personal mentors, peer mentors um, has really come a long way in discovering the plant healing aspects for herself first. Um, And what I helped her do and what we worked on together was coming out of her, we call green closet. So that was actually, I think her term Mm. that she came up with. And really she was living a double life. She has, she is, and still is a teacher in the public uh, school system in in Calgary, but chose to have a pseudonym for her cannabis work. So she's a cannabis coach and consultant and helps people learn about growing cannabis and using it for their personal use. And she's chosen a path of sort of women's health as a, as a way to break down some of the stigmas and barriers that this is really not about what people, men or whatever, it's all about doing it for yourself and being a self-care routine. So I really give my hats off to Kim because she has has climbed a really big you know mountain in terms of stigma, particularly around you know being a teacher. She's an educator by trade, but she has always really been super cautious about talking about cannabis because she was worried of losing her job over it. Because you know cannabis and teaching apparently don't go hand in hand, yet that really can help, particularly in the sense of a medicinal or therapeutic effect. So she's really come out of her green closet and and is working on a, on a book right now. And she has a very large following on uh, Facebook around her face yoga, which is an introduction to self-care, a gentle introduction. And she uses that as sort of a way to guide people on their own mission, not necessarily to use cannabis, but just around focusing about your own self and, and your self-care. So I just really want to give her a ton of kudos. She's come a ton a long way. She's taught me a ton. Um, and a ton of other people I know have been had a lot of um, positive uh, growth because of working with Kim. So I really just want to honor her as the change maker this week. Uh, I love it. And, and listen, um, I, I understand everybody has to get to that cannabis stream on their own. It's like you can lo- lead a horse to water. There's a lot of animal analogies <laughs> today, but you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. And everybody has to um, they have to get to cannabis their own their own way, and then they have to let everybody else know that they you know uh, as much as they're comfortable. I mean, you know, one of my best friends is a teacher, Kevin Dowds, one of the voiceover people that I use, and you know, uh, the 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 fact that a teacher is scared. Uh, about their job security because of cannabis just reinforces how we have to get rid of the stigma because I don't know how many times I see teachers on social media saying, oh, it's wine o'clock, classes are over, and they're pouring (laughs) a big glass of wine. So how is that any different than saying, Wow, that was a really stressful day. Or else I got to come up with a lesson plan, and I'm gonna, you know, I'm I'm not lighting up in front of my class. I'm not in school. It's not like uh, Mr. Hand and Spicoli are smoking a joint together at or something like that. It's like I'm doing this on my own time. I'm not smoking a joint in my online lessons or anything like that. So, 
Um, and I, I'm, I'm really glad that Kim was able to, to get there on her own because everybody does have to do it. And just another example of the stigma that everybody faces. I mean, nobody bats an eye when somebody says, I'm pouring three fingers of scotch because I had a rough day. But God forbid exactly. if you're ever around kids and you smoked a joint the day before or something like that. So just another, uh, you know, example of the ridiculousness of the, of the stigma. But then again, people like Kim, you know, it, maybe it's a good thing because it has shown her a little bit more yeah. and she can certainly help other people along their path yeah and i have to say so one of the a key point in her coming out of the green closet concept was something that we did i really forced her to <laughs> which is i nominated her for um uh, the know and try book i don't know if i've talked about this a lot but this was sort of like a community building like it's a women's you know um directory of successful women and i nominated her to put her real name and her real face in that book. So not as a pseudonym, but her real name and real face as a cannabis consultant to take it, so like legitimized it for her, you know, like it was an opportunity for her to present her, her consulting business as a women business, but legitimize the cannabis side because it, this publication had nothing to do with cannabis. It was just a women's community directory, a community network. So that was, I think, really key for her. And also a good thing for other people is that if you're looking to, for a way to legitimize your cannabis, either consumption or use in the business setting, try and find cannabis neutral or cannabis friendly, but yet still publicly facing things so that it's sort of like an anchor. It helps people sort of legitimize what they're doing, shows that it's recognized within the community as a great a business opportunity or growth opportunity. And that was the key thing for her that she came back to me and said, I really appreciate that you sort of made me do that <laughs> because it was very hard for her to, to, to beforehand. But then I said, you know what? There's not a lot of harm here, right? Like this is an easy bar to her across and will help with the legitimization legitimization with your career moving forward so that was a key thing and i really wanted to point that out because other people can do that like it's not that hard to find other community groups outside of your workplace to showcase what you're doing that's good in the cannabis sector but it's, it's sort of like that neutral that neutral ground indeed all right what does it mean to be green this week so uh, this week, um, I was reflecting on 420 being mm -hmm. the week before last, I mean, whatever it was. And I had a lovely um, afternoon um, with a, a woman that I had never met before. She was a friend of a friend. And she was talking about her green cake, her 420 cake. And I'm like, what are you what are you talking about? So what what she showed me was that she so she's a regular cannabis consumer has been a user for a long time, therapeutically, really. Um, and she had her neighbor make her this beautiful, like gorgeous, handmade cake, birthday cake for her for her birthday, which happened to be on 420. And obviously it's in the shape of a cannabis plant. And I was like, I saw the picture of the cake and I'm like, holy, that's a that's amazing. That was so lifelike and realistic. And and I so I asked her about like who made this, who did this cake decorating for you? And so I, I learned more about this person. She had posted it on her Instagram. And what I learned is that the woman that made this cake is not a cannabis user whatsoever, actually has no interaction with the plant at all. Um, she's just a self-taught baker, uh, home, another mom in the community 
She's also works for a very uh, well-known oil and gas company that my company and her company actually share a lot of commonality in our names. Um, but this was woman, this woman just wanted to honor her friend on her birthday by making her a cake out of something that she really respects and, and cherishes herself. So she did the research. She just Googled what cannabis uh, leaves look like and what the plants look like. And with painstaking detail, recreated it uh, mm. for a cake like for this woman's birthday. And I thought that was really awesome. Like that's about that stigma breaking right there. Like she didn't have a fear of making a cake look like the plant for to honor someone's birthday. And she didn't have any cannabis use herself, but she was really interested in honoring her friend on her birthday. And they made this beautiful cannabis plant cake, even with the joints in the bottom, which I thought was super cute. Is the, is like the, the pot part of the cake too? Like the, the pot. The entire thing was edible. Yeah. So that must be chocolate then. It's like a chocolate fondant. Fondant wow. is like a, you know, a cake. It's like a cookie or not a cookie, a sugar um, dough. And then the crumble is like, it's like graham cracker or not like an Oreo cookie crumble, like oh, crumbled up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everything is fondant. And yeah, it's mostly fondant, which is what. Like, uh, yeah, that's soil. That's so like, I, I would be scared, not scared. I wouldn't want to eat it because it looks so good, but. You know, I know, isn't it? That, awesome? that is unbelievable. Like I thought at and first, I think they just cut the leaves the were the cake. No, yeah, the the cake itself was the pot. Like the wow. the brown pot was actually like a full tiered cake, like a three layer oh. cake inside. So that's the cake part, and the rest was and like decoration. The, but the leaves are this like this woman icing? has mad skills. So yeah, isn't that amazing? So she's in oh. Calgary. I was going to reach out and be like, I'll hire you to make a bunch of stuff. This is awesome. Yeah, she may have found a new, uh, you know, like I talked to my accountant. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, Kelly Hoy is the best. Uh, get your taxes done done by Kelly here in Edmonton. But, you know, I was talking to him about, you know, for accountants, this is a whole new world uh, with, with cannabis companies coming in and different things. And, you know, just like this, this cake maker who did a brilliant job might just find that the cannabis sector, even though she has no connection to it, could be a nice little, uh, you know, bonus. There's, there's a lot of, uh, what's the term, ancillary uh, companies that can make a living off of cannabis and never go near the actual plant. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. So that's actually totally true. And funny enough, that's actually, I think that was how the conversation got started was Mm -hmm. like, what do you do or what do you do on the side? And so she was sharing this with me. And as the person I was talking to was using cannabis for themselves. But the fact is that they've been able to sort of hustle their way through a bunch of things. And this is someone else's side hustle like in cannabis that wasn't related to their, their use of cannabis. So that's why I thought it was interesting and cool. And that's what it means to be green this week. Indeed, that is absolutely beautiful and delicious. And you can head to www.greengencompany.com and find out how Malka can help you. Great to chat with you again, Malka. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Dean. Have a great week. This is the Cannabis 101 podcast. It's all part of the cannabis life experience. Turning the wheel of cannabis one toke at a time. All right, uh, make sure you check out the vibe on relevant the cannabis 101 podcast vibe. All you do is download the app, it's R E L E V N T. Join the cannabis 101 podcast party. You have a cool message board. We are having, we've had some live audio chats, so we're going to involve you, Q&As, and we're going to schedule a lot more of these 
as we go throughout the summer with current and past guests, you the listener as well, and the viewer, and uh, some of our regulars as well. So download the app and check out The Vibe, the Cannabis 101 podcast vibe on Relevant, R-E-L-E-V-N-T. Join the fun, get in the mix, and we will see you there. Bud, dope, flower, ganja, Mary Jane. We all have our own language when it comes to cannabis. Herb, John Lennon, plant, tie stick, salad. So let's explore another weed word of the day. Samuel L. Jackson, the hobbit's leaf, Lady Gaga, 420. So we give you one slang word, one standard term on weed word of the day. The slang word is Houdini. Uh, according, this is according to a Time Magazine article. Uh, weed allows one to escape reality, uh, like uh, Houdini did so many times uh, in his, uh, whether it was a straitjacket or chains or whatever it was. Uh, the other standard term we're going with is pistol. This is something you'll hear Chris Ionson and I talk about on Know Your Buds quite a bit. These are the, the small hair-like extensions uh, on the female plant. When fertilized, uh, they are when fertilizing, they collect the pollen from the male plant. When unfertilized, they show uh, t- uh, when ripeness happens. And they, they all come in a bunch of different colors. You'll see different things, red, purple, uh, even white. Uh, the most common that I see is burnt orange. Uh, so when you get your cannabis, take a look at it. Put it under a microscope if you can. Uh, but just take a look at it, and you should be able to see all different colors, not just green, such as one skunky smell. There's so much more uh, to cannabis than what meets, uh, I guess you might say, the naked eye. So there's your weed words of the day, Houdini and Pistol. The Cannabis Life Experience. It's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy. Turning the wheel of cannabis, one toke at a time. All right, that is going to wrap things up for this week. Of course, big thanks to David Wiley from the OZ, Malcolm LaBelle from the Green Generation Co., and to you, uh, whether you're watching on our YouTube or social media channels or listening wherever you're listening in on, please uh, leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the show. Subscribe. If you're on YouTube, click that bell. You'll get a notification every time we put out an episode. Uh, but thank you just for listening and watching. Uh, that is just amazing to me to that uh, people are still interested in this show after almost 100 episodes. So thank you very much. Uh, wherever you do listen, subscribe, and uh, let us know what you think of the show by leaving us a review. Uh, you can also check out the Cannabis101podcast.ca. If you uh, click that uh, green circle in the right-hand corner, you could subscribe to the Weed Weekly. It comes right to your inbox every Friday, recaps the show. We have some giveaways, some other fun things about uh, cannabis history and more. Uh, so you could check that out on the website. You can also find past episodes, contests, different things that we have, uh, our partners as well. And it's just an easy way to keep track of the Cannabis 101 podcast by subscribing to the Weed Weekly. So hit up Cannabis101podcast.ca. And if you'd like to become a partner or if you think you'd make a good guest on an upcoming episode, email me Cannabis101podcast.ca. On uh, hour number two, 
Uh, I'm going to be speaking with Dr. Jane Alcorn of the University of Saskatchewan about uh, the things they have been studying and researching with the plant. I think this conversation is really going to amaze you. Um, you know, just, just the pre-interview conversation that we did, I was just absolutely uh, blown away uh, by the conversation and, and some of the things that they have been working with. So make sure you tune in on that. Hour number two will come out 4.20 a.m. Mountain Time on Wednesday morning. Chris Ionson, of course, uh, Noah from uh, Plant Life Cannabis. He's a regional manager, and he joins me as our educator on Know Your Buds, and we'll have a whole lot more. We're also going to have a big announcement on the future of this podcast on hour number two, so stay tuned for that. And uh, as mentioned, you can check out uh, the uh, cannabis101podcast.ca for all kinds of things cannabis and for different kind of podcasts. Head over to podcastalley.ca. I've got uh, some other sports shows there that you can check out, get interested in, and uh, have a little fun as well. It's right next to the Hammock District. That's going to wrap things up for me this week. Uh, We're back with our number two Wednesday morning. Remember, it's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy. And as we always do, we leave you with the marijuana song from the artist, Sorry About Your Dog. Mm-hmm.